Hello everyone and welcome to a new edition of the Always Late <laughs> Baby Steps. I'm Scott, broadcasting from the Baby Steps Mobile Studio, aka my 2012 Chevy Cruze, as I'm traveling from West Des Moines to Knoxville. Pretty excited about this episode, got a lot to get to, plus uh, I'm on my way to lead the uh, Bible study tonight at my church, and I'm really excited about that. We'll be talking about Elijah tonight, so uh, really excited because I learned a lot about it, but I got a lot to get to. So the title of this episode is not going to be Road Trippin', it's actually going to have a title, and if you've read it, it's... It's, um, wow, I lost my train of thought already. It's, it's been one of those days. But, uh, Focus on the Journey is the title. Now, those of you that listen on a week-to-week basis, you know that I've been struggling with the it's okay to be okay. And it's affected my hobbies and a bunch of other stuff, and it still is, but I've had a lot of thinking over the last week. Um, Pastor Carey gave a great sermon on Sunday about adversity. And I've been doing a Bible reading plan on the uh, UVerse app, uh, Bible app, uh, about uh, when, when being okay isn't enough. And all of it just kind of jammed into something my first ex-wife told me about nine years ago. It told me a bunch of times. And it was two different ways. She basically told me, she goes, Scott, you can't, life isn't black and white, and you can't, you can't live your life all or nothing. And it's true. That's how I lived my life. It's either been all or nothing. It's been success or failure. There's never been an in-between. And my Bible reading plan, and I'm paraphrasing it, but it talked about focusing, solely focusing on success. And it basically talked about how you should focus on the journey. And when you focus on the journey, then the success becomes a byproduct of that focus. And it makes a lot of sense, because if you focus on the journey, that's your thinking, is it's all or nothing, it's success or failure. And I know some of you are saying, but we're taught to keep your eye on the prize, focus on the goal, and that sort of stuff. And, And there are some people that can do that. And the reason why I say that is, is when you're solely focused on the goal, on the success, when adversity comes your way, The natural reaction of a lot of people causes you to quit. It creates doubt. It creates fear, anger, frustration. How do I know that? Simple example. My ministry classes. My sole focus was the credentials. Got to get the credentials. Got to get the credentials. And then when adversity came in of, well, Scott, due to your past 
relationships and marriages, or your past marriages, you may not be eligible for the credentials. Well, what did it do? It caused frustration, anger, doubt, to a point to where I was going to quit the classes. Which would have been a massive mistake. But again, my focus was on the credential. So the success was the credential. Anything less than the credential was failure. Focusing on the journey in that would be focusing on the classes, the learning, the growing. That's what it's all about. And really, that's what I'm learning about what life is all about. It's not about win or lose, success, failure. It's not about, it's not about that. It's about how do you handle adversity? How do you handle the bad times in learning? Not only learning for that, but just learning in period. And there's a lot of people like, I don't like learning. Then you're not living. I'm, I'm learning very quickly that living is learning. You have to embrace the journey. Love it. Live it. Even in the bad. Embrace it. And learn from it. Because that's the only way you grow. And not only that, but focusing on the journey allows you to enjoy smaller successes. It, it's you just look at I just look at my, my my train of thought with a lot of things. You know, I've talked about my my uh, my hobbies and I look at chess a couple years ago heavily in the chess. I was playing online tournaments. I was I wanted to. I wanted to get a a FIDE ranking, and FIDE is the uh, governing body for chess. And then one night I was playing in an online tournament, lost like my first two or three matches, and then with these matches, so it's called Elo ranking. It's basically points, and every match you get three numbers. How many points you get if you win? How many points if you draw and how many points if you lose? And depending upon how it's like with me back then, I was low rated. I was like 200 and something points. And my next match in this tournament was against the guy. He was like 1100, 1200 rated. So he was, you know, eight, nine, a thousand points better than I was. So if I won the match, I was to get a lot of points. Even if I drew, I was going to get some points. If I lost, I was still going to lose some points, but not as much. But he had a lot on the line. And I played really well, and I got a draw with him. Now, for most of you, this is like, hey, that's great. It wasn't great for me. And I can remember, too, because I said, oh, I drew, I got a draw? I still got like 75 rating points or something like that. It was it was a pretty decent amount of points considering I'd lost three matches in a row. 
instead of enjoying that and trying to learn from it, because this tournament was you had 90 minutes to play as many matches as you could. You got two points for a win. You got half a point, or you got one point for a for a draw, and no points for a loss. So instead of you know taking some time enjoying that draw because it was against someone that was way better than me, I wasn't supposed to even win or come close. Instead, immediately queued right back into another to another match. Lost four more matches in a row. Got mad. Closed my laptop and really have not played chess since then. That was two years ago. Another example of it is one of the video games I play is called FIFA. It's a soccer game. And one of the modes is called Ultimate Team. And basically, you get fake currency. You can use real money if you're a psycho. I don't. But you can earn fake coins to buy packs to get your players. And that's how you build your team. Or they have an actual market where you can buy and sell players. And there's different things you can do to earn this and all sorts of things. Well, off and on I've played this. I don't play it a whole lot because I've never been a huge soccer fan. But I get into stretches where I really want to get into it. So for the past like two or three years, I've occasionally played this mode. And I've never won a game against an actual person. I've beat the computer a bunch of times. But I've never beaten an actual person. It's always just been frustrating because I always end up playing these people that have these super overpowered teams because either they play the game constantly or they spend real money to buy the best players so they have these overpowered teams. And then me trying to play freely and very, not very often don't have the greatest of teams, even though in this game I have seen if you're if you have enough skills. You can beat better teams than you. But I've never beaten an actual person. And this is one of the most popular video games in the world because soccer is one of the most popular sports in the world. So this is about three weeks ago. So kind of showing how long it's been for me. And this is supposed to be one of my hobbies. So anyway, I jump on and and go up against a, a team that's better than mine, but my team's actually halfway decent, because I've gotten lucky and gotten some pretty good players, and we get into the game, and immediately I fall behind, but then I start to work my way back, and I tie the game, and then I go ahead by a goal, and then with about five minutes left in the game, I score another goal to go up two, and the person quits. So not only did I beat someone for the first time but they also raged quit and I was actually pretty excited I felt really good now probably what I should have done was maybe just call it a game session on that and enjoy the victory but instead I queued up for another game which isn't a bad thing. But I proceeded to get killed 3-0. Now, I should be... And a lot of you can say, well, gee, Scott, it just sounds like you're a poor loser. And it's not that at all. But 
I lost. I shut the game off, but I haven't really played it in three weeks. But what happened was that joy that I had from actually accomplishing something the game before completely went out the window. It was a race because it didn't play well the next game and lost. This is all just old ways of thinking of me that I just have not gotten rid of. And I mentioned it a couple times on the show where I, I've looked at my at my hobbies and I'm just like, well, I don't have the time to devote to getting better. And, and, and one of my friends, Kendall at church, asked me, he goes, why does it matter if you get better at your hobbies? They're hobbies. Fair point, good point, and you're right. It shouldn't matter. But there's nothing wrong with wanting to get better at things. The problem is, and the problem that I have is, is that my fun is directly correlated with if I'm good or bad at something. That's where it becomes the problem. That's where it becomes, I, I, instead of actually doing stuff when I'm at home at night, I sit around and watch YouTube videos, and then I get bored and I go to bed at 8 or 8.30. So trying to find that balance, and, and, and again, my way of thinking has always been to get better at something was to throw a thousand percent at it. I wanted to get better at basketball. Spent a lot of time shooting, just by myself. Just shooting over and over, hundreds and hundreds of shots. Look, when I was in tennis, if I didn't have anyone to play tennis with, okay, that's fine. I'd go over to the courts and just hit serves. Over and over again, hundreds of them. And that's where I was coming from, from that, because now, <laughs> at almost 45 years old... I don't want to spend hours upon hours on stuff because there's a lot of things they want to do. I'm not, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. We're spending hours upon hours to improve at something sounds awesome to me. It just doesn't. But that doesn't mean I can't do any of this stuff. The problem that I'm that I'm running into is, yeah, I'm not okay with being okay. I should be, and I'm not okay with being okay is because, in my mind, the only way that I know to get better at something is to throw a thousand percent out of it and basically drain whatever free time I have at it, and I don't want to do that anymore. So that's where enjoying the journey comes into this. The focus shouldn't be getting better. The focus shouldn't be winning at things or that sort of it should the journey is getting better, but the main focus should not be on the success. And you probably sound confused like Scott, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, part of the journey and the process is practicing and getting better. But that doesn't mean I have to spend hours doing it. Say I jump on my laptop and play chess and play two or three matches, you know, 15, 20 minutes, half hour. If I'm having fun, do more. 
If I'm not having fun, do something else. Or if it's truly something that I don't have fun doing at all, don't do it at all. And I think this might be what chess is for me. It might just end up being that it's just something that I just can't do. And that's something that, that I should be fine with. I shouldn't try to force something. Because it's like, hey, I really want to do this. Okay, well, that's fine, but sometimes it's not a good fit. Like, archery is a good fit for me. Even though I haven't shot in over a month. But Dad's coming this weekend. We might go shooting. But the reason why I haven't shot in a month is because I started to get way too into the success of it. Oh, I'm going to shoot on the ASA Tour next year in Iowa. And then, you know, that thought of, gee, how am I going to have money? And is it going to be weekends I have a Lexus? Then I won't be able to go to certain tournaments. and It shouldn't even be about that. If I go to a tournament, I go to a tournament, I have fun. I shouldn't go out to shoot with the thought of, okay, well, if I keep shooting like this, I'm never going to compete. I'm not going to be good at, at a tournament. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to be a professional. And that's still the old Scott in me. It's like the biggest thing that I've come to realize is nobody cares. All these years, I've gone back through all these memories on Facebook of me at like a Friday night Magic the Gathering tournament at Mayhem Comics, posting how I was doing. Just grasping for someone to say, hey, good job. Nobody cares. And that's, and you say, well, that's harsh, Scott. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares. If I say, hey, going out to a Friday Night Magic tournament, people are like, oh, that's cool. Hope you have fun. You know? But outside of that, the care, it doesn't care. I was reaching and grabbing for stuff and trying to get someone to, to, to say that I was good at something or to give me some sort of encouragement. The encouragement should come from myself or it should come from the fact of I was going out to do something to have fun. If I won, great. If I didn't, it shouldn't have mattered. But I ruined that. I At some points, I had fun doing that because it was, it was getting out, meeting new people, albeit I will admit some of the people that played that game were not exactly fun to be around. They were worse than me. I remember I was playing to this one guy. I was like, well, how are you doing? He goes, ah, oh, this game makes me miserable. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's a ringing endorsement to do this. And it just, it just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this. And it wasn't because I wasn't having fun because I wasn't focusing on the fun. That's where the focus on the journey comes in. The journey should be fun, learning, and growth. And guess what? If you focus on that, guess what? Some success could come. Maybe it be a win. Maybe you learn something new about like, Like, 
with this lesson about Elijah, I knew nothing about Elijah except a couple things of his story. But then I started to look into him more. He's awesome. And it didn't take a lot of time to learn about him. Like, this is the most excited I've been for a Wednesday night. Because I get to share something that I learned new. And I'm sure there's going to be quite a few people in, in this Bible study that already know all this. And, that, and that's fine. But this is all still new to me. It's the way things should be. That's, that's the journey. Fun. Laughter. Smiles. Learning. Not... Oh man, I got beat four times in a row. This sucks. I guess I'll quit and never do this again. If it's something you like doing, it shouldn't matter. Especially at 45 years old. I'm not going to be a professional in anything. Whatever I do outside of work is for recreation and fun. And that's where I'm struggling at. It's because it's still that old self holding and clinging on. It's like, no, you can still be something more. No, I can't. It's like this next section of this is going to sound really harsh. If you're listening... Do not take this harshness as me just beating myself up. This is after very serious thought. But this shows the flawness of the way that I've lived my life. So as a kid, my main focus was sports. I wanted to be a pro athlete. So I went back and and assessed how I was at each sport that I was interested in. And again, my whole point was to be good, better, best first sport I ever played was baseball. I could catch, I could throw, I could run a little bit, but I couldn't hit. I played Little League two years and got maybe three hits in two seasons combined. That's not good. I can, I can, I wasn't even okay at baseball. And I didn't really like it because I was a, I couldn't see while I was batting because my eyesight, because I really needed to bat left-handed but I was stupid and would never change to to bat left-handed. So I was always afraid of getting hit by the ball. So one of the things I was supposed to be a pro athlete in, I wasn't even okay at. And then there was football. I could throw really well. I could catch really well. And again, I was a little fast. But at the end of the day, I was so afraid of getting hurt and getting tackled, it didn't matter. When it came time to playing actual real football, I was terrible. And I can honestly say that I was terrible. And then there was basketball, my first real love of a sport. And I think I've overassessed myself. I could jump really high. But when it came to shooting 
and that sort of stuff. I could dribble decent. I was an average dribbler, average passer. But the problem is, when I was on, when my mind was focused, and it didn't matter if I missed a shot, I was mentally right. I was very good. Problem is, mentally, I can never consistently be mentally good. So I'd miss one shot, and I'd be done. And I look at some of my greatest accomplishments in basketball. I averaged 17 points a game my freshman year, but that was in a rec league at the Y against kids that weren't playing on the basketball team. My senior year of high school, I I played in a league, but it was a rec league for kids that didn't that didn't make their high school teams. I think I averaged like 13 points, like nine rebounds a game, but it wasn't against. I never really fully got to test myself at those higher levels of like high school basketball. The reason why is I wasn't good enough. I used to blame it on money and politics and that sort of thing. And maybe that had a little bit to do with it. But when I fully assess myself, yes, when I was mentally fine and locked in, I was very, very good. I was on the verge of being good enough to be on a high school team. But in sports, it's all about consistency. What, what, what separates the okay from the good to the great is consistency. And I was never consistent. I think I was okay at basketball. Then there was track. I was a long jumper to start my only season, my freshman year in track. I was good enough to make the sophomore team as a freshman and got to compete in the indoor conference meet. My best jump was 17 feet 6 inches and it seemed like I was off to to a great season. I never hit 16 feet on a jump the rest of the year. And then I developed tendonitis in my knee and couldn't long jump anymore. So then they tried me in sprints. 100 meter dash it was terrible I finished last in everyone because I'm not mainline speed fast tried the 200 I think I got a 5th place in the 200 once but that was at a triangular so there was only 3 teams there and then I ran relays usually the 400 relay and my fastest time on any of my legs in the 400 relay was was 60 seconds, which actually was pretty decent. If it was an actual 400 meter race, 60 seconds was pretty darn close to qualifying for the Drake relays. But still, ultimately, if I assess myself in track, I really wasn't that good. And then there's tennis. So outside of my magical weekend at the conference tournament my senior year, where I won three matches and got to the championship, was the first guy in the school history to, to, to play for the championship. And then my, 
my junior year, my first year of varsity, I only played two years of varsity. I had another good weekend at the Clinton River King Invitational. I won my first round match, lost my second round, and then got beaten in the consolation match and finished fourth and got a medal. So that's five wins right there. I don't think combined the rest of the other two in singles, I won 10 matches. I had a losing record. And then you throw in doubles, and I had a losing record in doubles too. Because I wasn't a very good doubles player either. And the thing is, again, and I mentioned this, I believe, last week on the show, is really, I didn't hit the ball hard because I really didn't try to learn how to. Instead, I just developed a strategy using spins and different other types of shots. And basically, I would sit out there and make you bored. If I didn't jump on you early in a match and blow you out, you either A, blew me out because you figured out my style really quick... Or I, didn't, or I wasn't hitting my shots well that day. Or I made you hang around on the court way longer than what you wanted to do. And you either got bored and I ended up beating you, which didn't happen too often. Or I would get tired and my shots wouldn't go right and you'd end up winning anyway. So again, this is this is just me realistically going back and looking at things. And I wasn't very good at tennis either. I was okay at tennis. So there's all my sports. The biggest thing that I spent my whole life on, and I could say it was maybe good at one. But as a kid, here's what I was good at. So obviously all of those, being okay wasn't good enough. But what I should have focused on was what I was good at. I was good at math. I was, I'm a really smart person. I was a really smart kid. The problem was I wasn't motivated. When I was motivated, I'm very good at math. I'm a very good reader and can comprehend what I read. I'm highly creative. I can tell a good story. The problem is my handwriting is terrible and my grammar and punctuation. So I have all these great ideas for stories in my head, but I can't put them down on paper because they don't make any sense once they do that. All of that stuff was stuff I should have focused on because that stuff I say I'm really good at. Like on the ACT, I got a 27 on the reading But I didn't think if I focused on that, people would like me. They thought I'd be a nerd, and that's how it was. People still thought I was a nerd because I was this weird, freakish sports dude that knew all this stuff about sports that nobody really cared about. So, like, the stuff I should have focused on, I didn't because I didn't think people would like me. The stuff that I really focused on, I wasn't good at. 
And the one thing I was good at was like sports stats and all that sort of stuff because I could read and comprehend it. Nobody cared and they all thought I was weird anyway. So it's just one of those things where I spent all this time on that stuff and it never really mattered. I never had fun. I never enjoyed the journey. I never enjoyed the small wins, the small successes, because it was all or nothing. That's not the way. The best way to put it is the worldly view and the godly view. The worldly view is, now you're not good enough. It's all or nothing. You're either good or you're bad. No in between. The godly view is, you're okay right where you're at. Keep working, keep growing. I'll get you to the next to the next part when the time is right. The worldly view is no, I need it now, now, now. I gotta get to that next part. You know what? I'm just gonna throw all my stuff in. You know what? I'm going to read 87 different Bible reading plans all at the same time. You know what? That's gonna get me faster to to where I need to be. Thanks, God. I'll, I'll get there doesn't work that way. It'll never work that way. And that's what I need to work on. Like the most joy I've had in a while is learning about Elijah. And I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I probably should have spent more time. I'm probably letting in a little bit too much about my Bible study, but I didn't spend a lot of time on it. But still the time that I spent it was quality and I learned a lot. It's like with my hobbies, I don't have to spend four hours doing stuff. I don't have to keep banging my head against the wall. If I'm not having fun doing it, stop and do something else. And if I can't and if I keep trying and still can't have fun, don't do it at all. Enjoy the small little things, getting better at one thing. So that's where I'm at right now. If you get a chance and you're in the right time zone, New Journey Church, Church Knoxville, Iowa, uh, 7 o'clock Central Time tonight, uh, the, Bible, uh, the Bible study will be live. If not, you can go back and listen to it later. Um, it's been really fun. I've looked at the view numbers actually and they, they shocked me. Because they didn't think there would be that many views on it. But there was. Um, also, thank you uh, from Alexis. She's approaching over 280 subscribers on her YouTube channel now. Uh, I know her videos aren't coming out as much as they used to. Because now she's in school. But she still says thank you. And here on the original platform. Um, Anchor.fm slash Spotify for podcasters. We are now under 50 listens for a thousand all time. So thank you everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next week.